0: welcome to the education marketing leader podcast with chris raposo if you're looking to dive into the latest industry insights draw inspiration from education success stories or just want to sharpen your marketing skills you're in the right place here we bring you a diverse range of voices from experts and leaders in the field offering you a unique blend of professional development and practical strategies whether you want to understand your audience better stay updated with the latest tech trends in marketing, or expand your professional network, we've got you covered. So while you're driving on your morning commute or winding down after a busy day, let's explore the dynamic world of education marketing together.
1: Go a little bit further into storytelling because we're both storytellers as marketers. And what sort
0: of stories work well usually our students are usually families maybe their parents want to improve their english english skills uh, so they come to class but then we offer um, uh, family courses which uh, are intergenerational uh, classes where parents can attend with their children their children may improve their language skills in language with their parents and they find a connection. And sometimes, um, let's say, uh, we have a a Spanish-speaking family. They can even enroll in a Spanish course, which is intergenerational, and their children can uh, engage with the Spanish language and culture in a different way, because maybe they are second generation in the U.S. They go to school, they learn in English, and they start losing uh, this culture, right, and their language. So this is a good way to connect. Um, And this is the way we start building the story. So we start uh, talking about the struggles in life coming to the US. Maybe they need to find a job and they really need to improve their English skills uh, to find a better job and support their families in a better way. And then we get to the outcome, right? What's the um uh, the result of all that so these people might i don't know find a better job and they can tell us and they can work on awareness for us uh they can be that link with other families as well
1: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode today i have the honor of welcoming my old friend Lucas Blanco Lucas, welcome to the show.
0: Hello Chris uh thank you very much for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to be here um and I can I can wait to see what the interview goes.
1: Awesome awesome well, I really appreciate you Lucas and I we go quite back a, a little bit so we met a couple of years ago um online when he Looked for volunteers to work at the World Redefiner's World Languages company to have marketers come on board. He hired me and gave me a job, but then I switched and pivoted into full-time school work to finish my degree, so I couldn't take the job But we stayed in contact. So. It's good to have you back Lucas, reconnect and just talk marketing now that we both are marketers. So I did a little bit of research on you, Lucas. You earned your degree in business and populations, and previously worked in radio in Argentina of all places until moving into marketing in 2020. What made you want to switch careers into marketing in the first place?
0: Well, uh, it was quite a journey actually. Uh, As you said, I'm originally from Argentina. Um, And yes, I started studying um, sound engineering because I was really into music at that time. My dad uh, is an engineer, so uh, it was like uh, the clear path for me, right? So, well, I started studying, and then when I graduated, I got a job uh, in the casino in Buenos Aires. Um, It's a big casino in the city Um, as a sound engineer but the the curious thing about that is that that department was part of the marketing and communications department. So we were working on the shows and the events that the marketing department was organizing for the casino um to reach out to more people and and to to promote all uh their offerings right mm-hmm. so um while being in there. Uh, I started being more and more interested about marketing and communications and um, reaching out to people uh, with message, right? Um, So that's why I started studying relations.
1: It's good that you figured out what you liked, right? Sometimes you don't have that linear path into, into marketing or any other career field for that matter. But sometimes you end up in a place like you did in the in the casino and it just, just so happens to be in a department that aligns better with what you want to do in the, in the long run. So you're currently working as the marketing director for Redefiner's World Languages. Can you tell us a little bit about Redefiner's and some of your responsibilities there. Well,
0: Redefiners is a nonprofit located in Florida. Um they specialize in language programs, um, especially for families and children that are in need, for example, that maybe they cannot afford uh, to pay a language class, for example, uh, either online or in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cover quite a a uh, long range of targets, right? So from children to youth to adults. Um and they started targeting the Hillsborough County in Florida. Uh, but then when COVID pandemic started, they had to migrate uh to online programs, which went really, really well for them. So that's why when everything came back to normalcy, Uh, they kept the program, which is great. Um, So they specialize in language programs, but also um, we are now offering tutoring classes, for example, for little kids Mm -hmm. uh, that need to improve their reading skills. Um, And that's a very good thing because we are uh, helping the community in Hillsborough County and expanding the reach to other counties as well
1: yeah so you talked about expanding the reach to other counties what are some of the, some effective digital marketing strategies that nonprofit nonprofit organization like redefiners can leverage to increase visibility and outreach so you being on the podcast for example it's, that's one way to do it right like that earned media what are some other ways
0: well there are different ways um I'm the marketing director of Refiners, and we work um, with a lot of volunteers. So that uh, is the, f- for example, one of the first um, like marketing actions that you can do, uh, because when you reach out to more people, um, they get to know you. Uh, you create awareness about the organization. They come work for you um, as volunteers. And that's a good way to expand the reach in an organic way, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it comes to marketing itself and digital, uh, more specifically, um, the different ways, for example, first thing you have to do is to create a website um, and to have at least the main social media platforms that are in use, but also thinking about your target, right? Um, Where to find your target, maybe not all the not all the platforms are good enough uh, to find um, your target segments. So that's the first thing you can do. Uh, start thinking about w- what are those folks that you need to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, the organic way to do it is with um, a website, right? And when people do a query in Google or any search engine, uh, they can um, actually find you. Um, and a way to do it is with CEO working on specific keywords that you can use uh, to uh, be able to to be found, right? Um, so that's the one of the main things that you can do. And then organically, You need to create engagement, right, in social media um, and make people feel that you're not just a ghost organization, something like that, that it's real people behind every organization. And that's the best way you can do to connect with people, especially in the nonprofit world.
1: Yeah, you want to make sure you're not coming across as a faceless company, but, you know, showcase the people that actually work in the classrooms and that are behind the scenes that are not not often seen um, to build that connection, that relationship that encourages people to either send their children to your organization to um, learn about a new language or even adults that uh, may have come to the country um, and English being the second language. So that's a good approach right there. And then uh, your SEO, like you said, uh, it's also very important in order for people to actually find you, right? There's no point in having a website if nobody can find you. So um, definitely want to hone in on that as well. Do you guys use paid ads as well? Or is it all organic since you're a nonprofit?
0: No, we use paid ads. Um Nonprofits can make good use of Google ads, for example, because Google offers a grant of $10,000 that you can use for search ads. So that's a very good way uh, also to increase your reach with your website, for example. Um, And the way you can do it is to really uh, focus on the keywords that are good for your target And they offer a really comprehensive platform uh, so that you can, for example, measure the Mm. success of your keywords. Um, Always, what we always do is to work on the content um, all the time that we have in the website so that we make sure that the content is relevant for those keywords. Otherwise, Google would see that you're spamming or something similar. And then we use uh, social media ads, which are great because are really inexpensive. um, If you compare with other types of advertising, uh, which are really expensive, social media has a very good reach. You can really segment your target um, and you can put yourself in front of the right people. Um, And the key factor about that is finding the right message. And as you said, if you are just a faceless company or faceless organization, if people don't see that there's people involved, Mm -hmm. uh, which is something that you can assume, right? Uh, Okay, this organization, of course, there's people working for it, but uh, people need to see a face, especially after COVID pandemic. Uh, That was a, a big change in advertising and marketing.
1: We're talking about audiences how can nonprofit organizations identify and target key demographics in their digital marketing efforts and who are some of your target demographics your target audience are you targeting donors or prospective students what's 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 the approach
0: there well um there are quite a few ways you can do it uh of course depending on the budget you have um what we do which is really simple is um Firstly, to do some research within the organization and the main stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we conduct, for example, usability tests um, to make sure that what we offer is relevant, actually. And when you have people involved within the organization or main stakeholders, uh, people that are really interested in what you do, they will have a pretty good uh, idea of what they are looking for or what people are looking for. And those folks are uh, probably um, the, some of the personas that you can actually target. So mm-hmm. that's the way you start building it. And then um, you need to really connect with your community, uh, especially in the nonprofit world. So we work a lot with uh, partners and sponsors And that's a good way to expand the reach and to find those key demographics because these uh, other organizations are interested in perhaps the same target. Maybe we all offer different things, but the target is similar. So that's the way you start building it. And then if you have the budget, you can conduct more research, right? And to find uh, more key aspects of your segment. Um, mm-hmm. but that's the, the main way you can do it.
1: What kind of content works best to support and attract donations if there's somebody listening who has a nonprofit and wants to see how to go about you know getting some more um funds in?
0: Yeah, well, we focus mainly on transparency mm-hmm. and to provide a story. Mm-hmm. Donors are usually um interested in a story. So we work on that and we repurpose a lot of content for our, all our platforms because for us, uh, that's not a shortcut, but a strategy. Um, we really need to put these stories um, in in front of these people. Mm-hmm. And donors are usually looking to support a cause. And if you provide the perfect story for them, they will become interested. So we focus not only on showcasing what we do in class, which is a strategy to attract more students, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the story behind those folks, uh, what interests these donors or this organization, they are looking to support uh, your cause. And for example, right now, Uh, One of our big partners is the Children's Board of Hillsborough County, Hmm. um, which is um, an organization also in Hillsborough County. And they help us, for example, providing um, centers and locations for us to provide classes because they are interested in the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, So they are a donor as well. They support us. Also, we are working with Corp. I don't know if you're familiar, uh, but this is a federal agency, uh, which helps people in need, for example, to find a job and to help them um, get out of poverty, for example. So uh, we partner with them, they support our programs, and people can actually apply for a volunteer position, which is uh, also paid, they have a lot of benefits. Yeah. and these folks can go and serve at uh, your organization for example mm-hmm. yeah so this is the way you start connecting uh with your community and this is the way other community other organizations in your community can support you and become interested in supporting you
1: yeah i love that you touched on storytelling who doesn't like a good story right especially if you're like you, for example, and me, we're both immigrants to the United States and we know the struggles and you know how tough it is to make your mark coming here and English being a second language. So if you have donors out there who can resonate with that and can see themselves in the stories you tell of either the children or the adult learners who partner with your organization that will pull on those emotional strings and help them get encouraged in order to partner with you in your mission, so let's talk about let's go a little bit further into storytelling because we're both storytellers as marketers, and what sort of stories work well usually for you guys would it be is it it's is it kids stories or is it adult stories or do they both work equally well?
0: Yeah, they both work um uh, we focus also mainly in families right mm. because uh, they both gar- gather children and adults, um, and our students are usually families. Maybe their parents want to improve their English English skills, uh, so they come to class. But then we offer um, family courses, which uh, are intergenerational uh, classes where parents can attend with their children. Their children may improve their language skills in language with their parents and they find a connection and sometimes um let's say uh, we have a a spanish-speaking family they can even enroll in a spanish course which is intergenerational and their children can uh, engage with the spanish language and culture in a different way because maybe they are second generation in the u.s they go to school they learn in english and they start losing uh this culture right and their language so this is a good way to connect um and this is the way we start building the story uh where these families come from why they need these programs uh what they are looking for why they want to improve their english skills so we start uh, talking about the struggles in life coming to the U S maybe they need to find a job and they really need to improve their English skills, uh, to find a better job and support their families in a better way. So that's the way we start building the story. Um, and then throughout our classes, how they interact, uh, with the teachers, uh, with other students, with other families, how they, how people connect each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way we start building, and then we get to the outcome, right? Uh, what's the uh, the result of all that? So these people might, I don't know, find a better job, and they can tell us, and they can work on awareness for us. Uh, they can be that link with other families as well.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful uh, social proof right there. If you get those success stories and you when you post those. Um, encouraging other people that, and, and and building a vision for them to see what is possible with the power of language. And I like the strategy that you guys use for um, getting families involved, because that goes way beyond the classroom, right? They, they can't talk about it at home at the dinner table and and start practicing that way. Because if somebody goes solo, they may get encouraged after a while. But if you have a family bond, that learns together they can encourage each other along the way and and build upon that knowledge that they learned in the classroom and bring that home and then just you know build on that and grow together as a as a as a unit so i love that
0: yeah uh, and that's actually the strategy throughout all our programs both online and in person we don't offer uh, one-to-one classes unless it's a tutoring class for a kid okay. um, all classes are group classes so people uh, really interact with each other it's not just grammar exercises that you can do uh, alone at home um these are really interactive classes engaging classes where students uh need to start a conversation so they start learning the language from the very first class um and that's amazing because um That's the way language works. Uh, You use the language to communicate something. So we focus on that and we use the culture also to help students learn the language because it's not just learning a few words or learning the vocabulary, which is helpful, but students at Redefiners learn the language through the culture of that language. when it comes to Spanish, for example, it's really rich because there are many Spanish speaking countries in the world. Um, If you go to Europe, you have Spain, but then Latin America um, have a lot of countries uh, that speak Spanish with a real different culture. So we really um, immerse in the differences between different countries and how the language help people connect.
1: All these different dialects as well i'm from germany and if you have a german an austrian and somebody from switzerland the dialects are so different even within germany they're so different right so i can only imagine of the of the whole continent of south america america except brazil of course as uh, speaks spanish so there's going to be a lot of different uh, ways to communicate there so um, let's talk analytics for a second here, since we, um, you know, talking about strategy here. Um, how can nonprofit organizations utilize data analytics to better understand their supporters' behavior and interests and tailor their digital marketing strategies and messaging accordingly?
0: All right. Well, that's a very good question uh, and very important one. Um, we use mainly Google Analytics uh, because, well, that's a tool that you can use for free. Um, and the way we work our marketing campaigns is based on the metrics and the analytics, because whenever we set a goal, uh, we think how we are going to measure that goal. Otherwise it could be something that is not achievable. Achievable. Um, so that's the, the first thing that we think when we start a campaign how we are going to measure it. So we use Google Analytics um, to, for example, measure how many uh, visitors we have on our website, what they do uh, if they click on a page on a specific button, why they do it. So we start building a journey. Mm. Um, And this is a journey that we establish when we first create the campaign. So we really work on the flow that people need to follow in order, for example, to enroll for a class. So let's say uh, you create a campaign. It's not just a social media post that you put in Instagram saying, okay, we are enrolling for our classes. Uh, We develop a message. Uh, We have a goal behind it. And then we start uh, measuring all the dots that people need to connect Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: you start building the journey in that way. So you establish, for example, which is the endpoint, and if people reach to that, um, then you move back and you see when they came from, and that's it, that comes and goes, right? It's a like a feedback. And then um, if you use Google Analytics, you can set up a conversion and see uh, where that conversion came from, and yeah. that's the way we build all the journey and that's the way you need to do it to actually measure your success Mm -hmm. so it's not just okay I got 10 uh, new students for this class okay why these people enroll where they came from so you start measuring all that it's not just otherwise it's just numbers it's just data you need to convert the data into information so that you can have a good idea on what to improve for the next campaign, or if you need to switch um, to a new strategy because it's not working, that can happen. So um, if you start measuring uh, not only the end point and the starting point, but also what happens in the middle, uh, you will start having a pretty good idea on what you're doing good and what you're doing wrong.
1: I a couple of months ago I interviewed somebody from the Los Angeles Los Angeles Regional Food Bank also a nonprofit organization and they partner a lot with influencers professional football teams professional hockey baseball teams what have you in the constant context of a nonprofit organization how can nonprofits like yours work with influencers and prominent figures in the field to expand their region are you working with any prominent figures or influencers out there?
0: Uh, No, but we do uh, have many stakeholders in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, They are not only aware of the organization, but involved with us. Uh, That put the word out there for us. So they are interested in what we do. They are interested in our goals. They share our mission, for example, So those are the folks that uh, carry our message out there as well. Um, We don't work with uh, a figure, for example, in Instagram, but we Mm -hmm. focus in the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, that's something that you can do as well. And these people also do it with their own social media platforms. Um, But we focus uh, mainly in the community and people that actually share our mission and vision. Um then with when it comes to, for example, a product, it may might be different because maybe um the approach you take is different with an influencer. um but in the case of a nonprofit, um uh, our influencers are other organizations. Uh. we really focus on the power relations uh side of it. Uh, yeah. and that's the way uh we work and uh, in, with influencers to say.
1: Yes, you. when you think influencers, you think of pop stars or sports stars, but there are so many influencers, it doesn't have to be a big stage person, right? It can be somebody um, at City Hall or whatever, a politician, or even somebody that's a teacher at a particular high school who heard about your program, who can encourage a family to look into your program as well to just further their their language skills. So this would be influencers as well. So as we get to a close of the episode, you've been working in the nonprofit sector for a couple of years now with redefiners. What is one important lesson that you have learned over the course of your marketing career working for a nonprofit
0: that you can share with the audience? Um well The main thing I learned is that you really need to focus on the story uh, because a common mistake is to uh, think about a nonprofit like another company. And Mm. it's really not the same. Um, We offer language classes, for example, but it's not the same as uh, promoting a Duolingo class, for example. Uh, it's really not the same. Uh, you really need to focus on the community and to really connect with people. Um, so that's the way we build our messages and our campaigns. Yeah. Um, that's the main thing I learned because then um, the other things that are more technical as, for example, how you measure your success, uh, those are really uh, the same. Um, this. The way you use Google Analytics or other platforms is the same, but then what changes is uh, really the content, the story. Um, And that's what you need to focus on. Um, And for example, coming back to the influencers, uh, one time we tried to reach out to people uh, that might be into online classes and all kinds of things, um, but actually didn't work quite well and our influencers are other organizations. The Children's Board of Hillsborough County is one influencer for us. And also the people uh, that work in Redefiners are also influencers. Uh, we got a lot of partnerships and sponsors uh, from people that are involved in the community that maybe know somebody else that might be interested online with our mission. So we, if you really focus on the story, if you really focus on making a connection with people, that's the way you will get more success.
1: So as we're on the topic of storytelling, what are are there any books or influences you recommend people should look into to learn more about how to tell good stories or learn more about marketing at large?
0: Yes, uh, an organization that do this really, really well is Giving Tuesday. They organize a campaign every year um that is near late november it's a specific tuesday uh close to christmas time uh where people are in the mood of giving so they do um a really nice job in creating good stories um for people to connect and to relate to Mm -hmm. um they create a very good campaigns and they do a good job in encouraging other organizations um, to follow the same campaign. Um, they provide a hashtag that is Giving Tuesday. Um, and all, all organizations uh, throughout the US um, align with this campaign. And that's really awesome because you get to see um, how other organizations connect with their communities. So, Giving Tuesday is a, a good organization that does this really, really well.
1: Yeah, so you learn from other practitioners, right? That are a little bit bigger than you. That's It's actually a really um, smart strategy to go with those that have been before you and have paved the path and then just sort of copy, if you will, what they're doing for your organization. That's kind of like why I started this marketing podcast as well. I always bring in people that are far more advanced in their marketing career than I am. And I learn from them. While interviewing them on this podcast. So it's it's a really good idea. So as we close the episode, last questions. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about you or redefiners world languages?
0: Okay. If you want to learn more about redefiners, uh you can visit the website that is uh www.redefinerswl.org. Um if you if you want, I can just uh drop Uh, the link in the comment of the episode. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can look for me in LinkedIn. Um, My profile name is uh, Lucas Blanco. I can also drop the link if you want. Um, And I'm always uh, uh, welcome messages, uh, trying to interact and to look for insights. Uh, That's a very good way to connect with people and to share knowledge, right? Uh, LinkedIn is a good source of knowledge, um, both with the courses and with people actually uh, that do great jobs and they can be uh, a very good source of insights and information.
1: Yeah, I'll be sure to tag you in the LinkedIn um, summary of this episode, you and your company as well, so people can find you easily, but feel free to drop something to comment as well so Lucas I really appreciate you being on the show today
0: of course no thank you it's been a pleasure to be in the show okay take care bye Chris